Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the HP Podcast. I'm Ben, and with me here today is Brandon. What is up, boy? Boy. <laughs> I've been playing too much God of War. Uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get to that we'll get for there. sure. We'll get there. Um, you're looking very you're looking very summery today. I don't summery. know what that means yeah. when you say that to a ginger person. Yeah, because it's like I, I could say you look tan, but you yeah. don't. I don't. I no. don't. I just look very sun kissed. Um, it might be the shorts. It might be the beautiful red locks. I don't know. Brandon, would you consider me a ginger? Um, many men have ginger qualities, but many men are not gingers. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that because somebody the other day referred to me as ginger and I was like, wait, what? I've yeah. always thought I was a brunette. Like I've, yeah. I have brown hair. Sure. My beard is more red now than it used to be or sure. maybe. Yeah. But I've never thought I was, I yeah. thought I had red hair. Yeah. I My feel sister, like... when she was a kid, like mm-hmm. under three, she had orange hair, like a chimpanzee. Okay was weird okay yeah there's different different kinds of gingers for sure i happen to and i don't want to you know i'm not gonna smack talk my own people but um i am the better of the of the two predominant ginger types Uh um you have the fiery orange uh it's kind of similar to the bears logo that uh dave has on his uh hoodie here Mm -hmm. um but uh i'm the good kind i'm more like a rusty water right um and i'm very pleased to have that when i think of what i want it's always rusty water so i've thought that myself a couple times um lockjaw doesn't scare a man like me um i will find sustenance in some way yeah also Um, with us (laughs) is dave back in his own home yeah how's it going Good, good. Yeah, happy to be home. I was yeah. uh, away from home for a few weeks, and um, you would have been happier to sell it, though. Yeah, well, I mean, we're still trying to sell it, but uh, the the whole basically what happened is we we moved out of our house um, because it's easier to show a house that you're not living in, um, and the housing market up here in southern Ontario has been insane for like several years, and then literally like the day before we put our house on the market. Um, the whole market just like crashed, like the prime interest rate went up and it was, yeah, it was, we literally picked the worst time in the last decade to try and sell our house. <laughs> so we're still trying, we're still getting people come and seeing it, but there's no point in us not being at home. So uh, yeah, right. happy to be home. Yeah. Very comfortable. Very happy. Dude, I'm going to have to walk up North and talk to that Mr. Trudeau about this. Man. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm going to say did you, what you did to my boy, Dave. <laughs> listen, I'm just saying, you know, I don't know much about your people, but I'm telling you to say, right. <laughs> This is not right. That's going to be a long trek in snowshoes. Well, you know, Dave just says it all the time. It's only four hours, so. Uh, I still don't believe him. <laughs> he, he's never... not here. He's he's a little further uh, east of us, but. Well, you know. I'm sure yeah. you'll find your way. We'll just, we'll just fold the map. Just <laughs> fold the map. Is this Inception or something, maybe? I don't know how it works there. Yeah, that's true. Everything. I mean, I think, I think there's like a time-space dimensional rift. Yeah. 
between the border. So yeah, you never know what can happen. Something like that. Yeah. Well, this is a show about video games, (laughs) kind of sometimes. Um, I guess we should talk about some of them, right? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, the first thing I want to talk about is not terribly exciting, but it's somewhat exciting. Uh, and that is... <laughs> I, I shouldn't say exciting. I the way we sell our content on this show. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say exciting. What I meant to say was was troubling, I guess. Okay. Uh, and, you know, we're always on our, on our bullshit about Tencent, but this article says that Tencent seeks bigger stake in Assassin's Creed maker Ubisoft. I don't know why they needed to say Assassin's Creed maker Ubisoft, because at this point they've made so many franchises that have blown up that, like, you could have just said Ubisoft and people should probably know who they are. Right. Anyway, this article comes from Reuters, actually, uh, maybe the, the first substantial uh, article we've ever talked about on the show that came from a, a respected <laughs> news organization. But it says, Tencent Holdings plans to raise its stake in French video game group Ubisoft Entertainment. Uh, that's why they had to say Assassin's Creed, because it's, it's Reuters. Uh, as, the assassin, as the Chinese gaming giant pivots to the global gaming market, four sources with direct knowledge of the matter told Reuters. China's largest social network and gaming firm, which bought a 5% stake in Ubisoft in 2018, has reached out to the French firm's founding Guillemont family and expressed interest in increasing its stake in the firm. Dave, am I saying that right? Guillemont? Uh, Guillemont. Guillemont? Yeah, I think. All right. Cool. Good enough. It's not clear how much more Tencent wants to own, valued at $5.3 billion, but Tencent aims to become... I just burped in mid-sentence. You're yeah. welcome, everybody. But Tencent aims to become the single largest shareholder of the French company with an additional stake purchase. Two of the sources said, speaking on condition of anonymity. So wait, how much does the whole place cost? Uh, well, they're <laughs> valued at $5.6 billion. <laughs> And they have how much percent? 5% right now. Okay. They got it. it they still got, yeah, they still got pretty pretty decent investment there still. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's certainly a big... And, and here's the thing, too. They're valued at $5.6 billion. That's probably... I don't know where they came up with that number. That's probably based on their stock price and everything. Yeah. But if I had to guess, nothing, well, at least for a couple of years there, no studios were going for what they were actually worth. They were going for whatever somebody was willing to pay for them, right, right. which was way more than what they were actually worth. So. Sure. So, you know, we're on our, we're, we're always ranting about Tencent and we also kind of talk shit on Ubisoft a lot. But Dave, I want to hear your perspective on, you know, Tencent has bought or invested in a lot of companies and we don't necessarily love that, but. Ubisoft is gigantic, and you and many other people like a lot of Ubisoft games. So how do you feel about China China, China. owning Ubisoft, or at least the majority, having a majority stake in it? Um, it's, it's weird, obviously. Um, I do wonder how much control and influence you have in a company of that size when, you know, you, you only have a 10% stake. I know that's 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 large in terms of shareholders, and when you have somebody sitting at the table who owns ten percent of your company, and it's also ten cent, you're probably going to listen to the things they have to say. But you know, the Guillemot family still is majority owner, um, so I wonder how much influence they'll actually have over Ubisoft going forward. Um, you also wonder about sort of the Chinese and French connection there. That's that's a bit odd because you know. I, I don't know how closely those two economies sort of do business, but 
um, Ubisoft being a global biz, uh, company, it's 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 sort of interesting to see. I, there is a positive to take from this. Um, anytime you see a company the size of Tencent wanting more of Ubisoft, it means that they have confidence in not only what they've done in the short term, but also what they have coming down the pipeline. Um, I think a lot of people have, have looked at Ubisoft from our position and, and thought, you know, creatively they seem to be drying up a bit and um you know i've said it on the show before that i i don't think this is a company that's afraid to take chances we see them do weird things like games like for honor and riders republic and stuff like that so um i think there's a positive to take from this too um if tencent sees something like they like and they're confident enough that they want to up their stake then um, you know, maybe they see they see really good things coming from Ubisoft in the next uh, five to ten years. I just wanted to clarify real quick for you, Dave, to save you from the Discord, uh, the discourse in the Discord. I think <sighs> the Guillemot family is the largest stakeholder, but I don't know that they're. I don't think they're majority stakeholder. Okay. So theoretically, if Tencent or anyone were to buy another forty five percent. They would te- or forty six percent really, they would they would be the majority stakeholder. Okay, I because when I read this, I read that Tencent approached the Guimond family and they requested uh, to double their ownership stake. So I just assumed at that point that they were majority owner, but I guess they don't have to be. But. Well, I think I think well, there's a lot of nuance to it, and I very well could be wrong, but that's my understanding. Uh, but also, a lot of times when you want to increase your stake, you approach the majority o- owner because they have the most to give. You know, mm-hmm. there's probably lots of people with big investments in Ubisoft, and maybe some of them have a per- you know a whole percent or, or a little more. Um, but typically, you go to the person with the largest shares because they have the most to gain and lose really from it. So, if I'm wrong on that, I apologize, but. I thought that was the case. I think they own less than 50%, which would mean they're not majority. Yeah, a quick a quick check shows that um, family held 13.6% of Ubisoft's share capital and 20.02% of the company's voting rights. Okay, yeah. So yeah. actually a lot less than I thought. But I mean, you're right. If they have the most to give, then where do you think Tencent can get their shares from? Because exactly. I, I assume that the remainder are spread fairly widely amongst a lot of different people. So right. yeah, yeah, I mean, that's another way to look at it is now you got the Guillemot family with 20% voting rights and then Tencent with 10%. Um, maybe that's <laughs> a lot more influence than I thought. Yeah. But, yeah. Brandon, um, Tencent is, you know, they are what they are. Uh, them having more seats on the board or I'm sorry, them having more shares could lead to them having more seats on the board. Yeah. And then having more seats on the board obviously equates to change, change. Yeah. You know, things like Power, that. Yeah, that sure. could be a good thing. Tencent certainly yeah. knows how to make money. Absolutely. It could be an awful thing. Either way, it's, you know, if you're a Chinese owned company and you own part of a, or you're a majority Chinese owned company. And uh, oftentimes the CCP will put their own people on the board. Sure. Somebody from the Chinese communist party. But anyway, uh, Tencent having more stake in Ubisoft. What do you think? What do you, what do you think could come of that? Well, I'm going to kind of echo what Dave said. I think he kind of hit it on the head here. Um, I think that everything else aside, how our feelings of the CCP and Tencent, they're heavy hitters. Sure. I mean, one of the biggest in the in the game, no pun intended, at right. this point. Um, and so I think that someone like that approaching you to increase stake 
they have to be a part. You know, if you're already holding shares, you're in the know a little bit with a company, especially with that big of an investment, even at 5%. Yeah. Um, so I'm absolutely in agreement with Dave. I think that there's some stuff that Tencent sees value in. Yeah. Exceptionally. And, and enough so to be willing to double down. So you have a big hitter coming to your company saying, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm in a little bit of the inside. I want more. So I think that that's actually good in my eyes for Ubisoft. I don't know if it's good for everybody. Right. Um, necessarily, that's to be seen. Um, but I think that's a favorable position for Ubisoft to be in. And at this point, it seems like mostly with Tencent wants, Tencent gets. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if here in the next couple of months, we see something come down the pipe. Yeah. It is really interesting how, what year was it? I got I to look. A few years ago, at the very least, uh, Vivendi. I don't know if you remember this. Vivendi was trying to take over Ubisoft. They were, trying, they were doing a hostile that, takeover. Yeah. And and for those who don't know, or for you guys, maybe whatever, the best of my understanding, and I'm not an economist, although I know a good bit, is that a hostile takeover in stock terms is basically you just buy enough stock that you have more power. Kind of like what Elon was trying to do, yeah. Um, Elon was just straight trying to buy the company. Oh, yeah. I thought he was just... Okay, anyway. He was also just trolling, I think. So, well, yeah, that's of, a different story. Of course, but... Yeah, that's that's what Elon does. But so Vivendi was trying really hard to buy enough shares up that they could have controlling interests. So essentially more than the Guillemot family. Guillemot family. And they fought it. They convinced their shareholders not to sell. And I think it's... That's tough. That's a tough position to be in. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. You, when someone's waving a lot of money in front of you, I mean... Well, I think it's, you know, what it is. Yeah, it's a lot of money. But what they're what they were doing is not just trying to invest in the company. They're trying to they change. were trying to take it over. Yeah. Yeah. And now they don't seem at least outwardly, we don't see them fighting against that. And maybe it's that, um, you know, they know they can't fight against Tencent or maybe yeah. it's that they're ready to be done or maybe it's that they don't see what Tencent does. You know, I can't imagine Tencent watching the trailer the reveal trailer for Skull and Bones and being like, we want to own more of that. Dude, they have to know something we don't. They absolutely. Yeah. That's just the long short of it. I mean, well, sometimes it's not about knowing something either. I mean, that's probably is what it is, but sometimes it's about uh, money. Like yeah. they see that the company's making money and they would like to own more of a company that's going to pay them more to own it. True. So true. I don't know. It's weird. It's not great. I certainly don't, want Tencent to have a controlling interest or anywhere near it. But I mean, what are you going to do at this point? Yeah. I mean, what are we going to do? I guess? Unless I mean, yeah. I, I think also like 5% doesn't sound like a lot when you think about it in terms of like your ownership. Well, dude, with the evaluation though, that is a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. And that's the thing though. People don't realize that like a lot of people might have like 50 or a hundred or even couple thousand 10,000 shares if you're yeah. a big hitter yeah but to own five percent of a company is like millions yeah. of shares sometimes oh dude i've watched shark tank <laughs> <laughs> where the hell do you think this ubisoft evaluation has a good 10 percent? i'll give you a small loan how'd you come up with that number <laughs> i'll give you a, a small loan and i want a dollar on every game you sell and then once you've paid it back you can wank me off <laughs> yeah. for free so the thing that people keep saying is, you know, I'm okay with so-and-so acquiring this company because that means that Tencent won't get it. Well, now Tencent's trying to get more of a company 
and I don't hear a whole lot of people crying out for somebody else to acquire them. It's just weird. Like, I don't know. I'm just getting, I'm getting tired of acquisition news too. Yeah. I'm, I'm so tired of hearing about this company specifically, but Tencent or Ubisoft? Yeah. Well, no, no, (laughs) mostly Tencent, but, um, yeah, man, I guess I feel like there's been some insane, insane movement in the game. Um, and I just wonder, there has to be a slow to it, but I guess not. Yeah. There hasn't there hasn't been for it's, more than, you know, a couple months. It's hot right now. I yeah. think it will dip a little bit probably soon. But well dude, we just talked about all the all the the gaming sales revenue being down. You would think that, yeah. that this would be the time it would dip, but I mean news like this comes down the pipeline and you Well, you buy things when they're cheap. That's true. With with that anticipation is true. that they'll go back up. So. That is true. Speaking of sales and mergers and acquisitions and all that kind of stuff, Square Enix has reportedly confirmed it is looking to sell stakes in its studios. This comes from Video Games Chronicle. It says the publisher held a conference call on Friday to discuss its... And this is actually... Yeah, just this past Friday. Uh, I think. I don't know. To discuss its most recent financial results and following the call, Japan-based analyst David Gibson took to Twitter to summarize its plans. According to Gibson, the sale of Crystal Dynamics and Eidos to Embracer Group was phase one of Square Enix's plans, and phase two will be diversification of studio capital structure. Rising development costs make of making games means with 100% owned studios, they need to be selective and concentrate resources, which limits expansion. As such, the publisher will be doing a studio portfolio review. He added some of the studios will remain 100%, while others will change, adding that Square Enix will also look to explore to, ex- to, explore to expand the studio portfolio. Uh... Essentially, they're going to be focusing more on allocating resources to Japanese titles, which I know a lot of people are a big fan of, especially since Square Enix is a Japanese company and all their Japanese titles do very well for them. And they're also looking to sell stakes in its studios to others to improve capital efficiency. Right when others like Sony, etc. are buyers, I would expect Sony, Tencent, Nexon, etc. would be interested. Uh, one more thing, Gibson also noticed that in his estimation, Square Enix's decision is extraordinary because the publisher should have more than enough money to meet its needs without having to sell stakes in its existing studios. Is Square okay? Say hey, Square, you okay? <laughs> Seriously though, I mean like, well, what was that, like a month or two ago? We're hearing about them selling off IPs. We got Tomb Raider. Well, they sold off the IPs and the studios to Embracer, a couple of them. Right. So that's phase one. That's phase one. But like, and phase two is selling parts of their studios to raise capital so they can invest in new things. Are they hurting? I don't. I can't tell. Are they doing well or hurting? I can't really tell at this point because I, you know, my initial thought was they're not doing great. But yeah, the I don't think they're hurting. I mean, they've had a couple of low points recently. <clears throat> Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> Um, and I think that, guard- I think that. Sorry, you bring that up. I just have to interject. I think that yeah, hurt them more than we know. I like, think so. I think the the amount of money they had to spend to to rent that license or whatever they had to do, market that game, and then put it out to whatever the hell it was. Right. I think that really hurt them. You think time. it Disney gouged them? Yeah. Probably. Uh, even if they didn't, it's expensive. Even if they paid market value, <laughs> right. it's expensive. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think that probably hurt them a lot. And they haven't, they've had a few others that haven't been huge successes. But then they also have, I mean, like they're putting out Final Fantasy 16 soon. That's going to definitely sell millions and millions of copies. Final Fantasy 7 Remake sold millions and millions of copies. Uh, they've had plenty of other stuff that has done well. But 
I mean, we've already seen them like selling off studios that and parts of studios that have just not met expectations. And maybe that's what it is more. You know, they have to do what's in legally. They have to do what's in the best interest of their shareholders. And if certain studios are costing them money or they see potential for making more money in other studios, then they have to do that legally. Yeah. So, you know, I just hope that there's not some number cruncher that's taking a look at like Call of Duty numbers mm-hmm. and thinking that relates at all to single player games. Yeah. Because I don't know. I just worry sometimes that you see all this money up for grabs. You see games like Multiverses exploding right. right out the gate. You see the Warzone numbers and the microtransactions. And not all games are like that. That's true. You know, like Final, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake wouldn't have been the same with fucking purchasable skins and right i don't know i just hope there's more thought behind it sometimes but you never really know when news like this comes out yeah dave the talk for a while i've seen is that a lot of people want either sony or microsoft you know the two biggest well i mean nintendo's a gigantic publisher too but we don't talk about them when we talk about acquisitions and stuff usually but they're not buying square no they're not buying square. they're not buying square. the the talk has been that you know microsoft or sony should just buy square outright but let's say that doesn't happen. And, you know, I don't think the three of us really love that idea. But if they're just looking to sell off pieces of studios within the publisher arm, or even that they're selling off whole studios, who can you see fitting where? Like, do you see any obvious fits that people should take up Square on? No, honestly, I can't. And, and you know, we, we've seen the past five years or so, the way these acquisitions have com, um, come down, there's been very little like partnership or collaboration um, that we've seen. It's been one big fish gobbling up another smaller fish. So I, I personally can't think of anybody else who would want to come in and and sort of just, you know, invest in small chunks of these studios. Um I find this whole thing a little bit confusing because it sounds like Square Enix wants to expand, um, but they're also saying that game development costs too much. So they want other people to come in and help them with their, I guess, I don't know if it's smaller studios or maybe the more expensive studios to run. So it kind of sounds like they want their cake and they want to eat it too sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm a little bit confused about the direction they're trying to go here. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Square Enix might want to figure their stuff out because, they, they, in my opinion, it sounds like they're hurting. They do have bangers coming up like Final Fantasy, um, but is there really that much else? It's, it's yeah, it's it, it's a weird direction for me, and, and I think they might need to look at this a little bit different because, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, speaking of Marvel gouging things, this actually isn't a good segue. I just wanted to try to make it. Uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns has been delayed Hmm. again, I think. Let me not to double check that, but we have an important. This comes from Marvel Midnight Suns verified Twitter account. We have an important update to share regarding our launch date for Marvel's Midnight Suns. After discussion with the team, we've made a decision to move back the launch timing of Marvel's Midnight Suns to ensure we are delivering the best possible experience for our fans. This is where it gets interesting. We will launch later this fiscal year, which I think technically means it could be into next year on our calendar. Yeah. We will launch later this fiscal year on Windows PC, Xbox Series X and S, and PlayStation 5 with the Xbox One. PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch versions following at a later date. 
We know fans are looking forward to playing Marvel's Midnight Suns. We will use this extra time to make sure we are delivering the best possible experience for everyone. Marvel's Midnight Suns is easily the biggest game we've ever made, and we're incredibly appreciative of all the support players have shared with us throughout the years. Okay, Dave. Cyberpunk. <laughs> uh, okay, let me start over. This is <laughs> disappointing from someone who was looking forward to this game. I've been looking forward to Midnight Suns for a long time. I like turn-based games. I like tactical strategy games, and I love Marvel. I, I think we all know that I'm, a, you know, a, I'm kind of not very... It's surprising I hated the Avengers game because I love Marvel so much. So to see this happen, I'm kind of a little disappointed because I was kind of looking forward to it. But... I did not know you hated the Avengers. I... I Sorry, I, I thought you liked that game, but you didn't love it. So I'm surprised. Uh, I would say on a scale from 1 to 100 with 50 being, it was okay. I was at like 47. Oh, okay. okay. So I was just under liking it. Um, thanks, Brandon. Sorry. I'm just kidding. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Brandon convinced me to buy it. And I didn't buy it. Thing. It was a lot of fun playing with friends, but I tried to boot it up a couple times on my own, and I was just like, this is so bad. And when I wasn't blue screening or flying through the map, it was just, just kind of fine. Anyway, the whole point here is they're saying here, this is, I think this is the real key part. Yeah, I think they've already had one delay, but here they're specifically spelling out for us the delay is because of the problems they're having with the Xbox One, the PlayStation 4, and the Switch versions. When the hell are companies going to just say, okay, we're only releasing on modern consoles now? Like the, the newest console, that's all we're releasing on. And we know that that was, there were problems with Cyberpunk on new consoles, but we don't know how much of that extent was because they were also developing the game for old consoles. And we are positive that Cyberpunk was absolutely broken on PS4, which at the time, the PS5 was relatively new, but they were developing for PC and, you know, the newer consoles. So Dave, are you happy about this direction that's kind of um, a leading question because i already know the answer selfishly um no because i'm sitting here with a ps5 and i'm i have a series s and if i wanted an x i could go get one but the reality is is the vast majority of consumers out there don't have that and right. as a business you know there is a cost to a delay but there's also a cost to launching on next-gen platforms where the install base pales in comparison to what it is for, you know, the Xbox One and the PS4. So, um, unfortunately, this is a business delay, I think. Um, and it's just how they have to position themselves to, um, you know, sell the most copies of this game. Um, they have to put the game where the audience is. And it, it kind of sucks that, you know, they're, they're, they're having issues with hardware that is quite old. Um I mean, it, 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 it's kind of a good thing, though, because it tells you that this was a game that was built for next gen and they're trying to adapt it to last mm -hmm. gen. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it kind of sucks to see, but it, uh, I understand it. I, the good thing is, is that we're starting to see more and more, like, you know, the, 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 the supply issues are starting to clear up and more people are, are being able to get their hands on next gen consoles. And developers and publishers are seeing that. So I think the day in which we're seeing more next-gen only titles i think uh that or arkham um 
Arkham Knights is next gen only. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to see more of that in the next 12 months or so. So um, the night is darkest before dawn, my friend. And remember, this this game is called Midnight Sun. So oh, yeah, wow. play, play pretty nicely <laughs> in the middle. Nice. How profound and poetic of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brandon, are you ex- all excited for this game, first of all? Uh, no, not really. Okay, I didn't think so. Um, I am disheartened by the news of last-gen troubles. Um, we've seen many a game come out lackluster for this reason. I'm hopeful from what Dave said that that means that it's a better game and they have to downgrade it to make it work, but even that causes many problems as we've seen. So right. I think that the that the takeaway, and I'm hopeful from what Dave says, is correct. You know, hopefully we'll be able to see more and more of this, but I personally am going to just try and push that when games come out just for next gen, if I'm interested, I'm buying them. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I want to support it only coming out on the shit I have because that's, that's the ultimate experience. And I don't know. I just, I can't wait for the day that the hardware that I bought, and has Dave, a purpose. Yeah, and Dave, yeah. Dave said it last week. It's like, are these games truly next-gen if they're still being built for last-gen? And the answer to that is kind of. Right. <laughs> um, but it's, it still feels shitty no matter what. Um, and I think that I wouldn't be surprised if we continue to see games get released on PS4. I think it will get better, but I wouldn't be surprised if we still see games released on PS4 for a very long time at this point. Well, I think we will. And an, yeah, an Xbox One because, yeah. you know, and not everything needs to be. I'm not saying that, you know, like games like smaller titles. Absolutely. That's fine. But right. if you have a big AAA scale game, you know. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. The smaller titles that don't demand as much of your resources. And that's fine. Yeah. That's perfectly fine. I I don't want PS4 and Xbox One to be cut off. That's not what I'm saying. Right. Switch, you can cut that shit off. Nobody nobody cares about that. <laughs> but Hey man. You got Mario Kart, you know. Hey, Switch, you're on a podcast Smash. with Dave, the number one player Third on, party the, on the Nintendo Switch that Switch shouldn't be played on Switch. Yeah, yeah the Dark Siders King. Um <laughs> But um No, I guess I just gotta be helpful and I just I got to support the people that only do next gen. I don't even know if I want nights, but if it's only getting on next gen, I might just pick it up just, just because, yeah. because I want to support being brave, right. you know, like I, I get the install base is getting there, but it isn't quite there, but right. I don't know. I wonder if I have two points here. One, I wonder if any of that money is made up by the fact that because there's only, I don't even know the number right now, X amount of, uh, series consoles and ps5s that more more a higher percentage of them will buy it than if it were if there were a lot more of them um because like i'm looking for games that are on ps5 yeah you know i seriously and then the other thing i was gonna say is think about the new horizon yeah what was it called again forbidden west, forbidden west thank yeah. you i thought that was a good game yeah i thought it looked amazing it looked- on ps5 you don't, th- you don't agree? I thought it looked really good, but I feel like visually for 60 frames a second on my brand new console, yeah. you could have given me 1440p and 60 frames. But that that's another question altogether. It's fine. Well, that's where I'm going with this. I feel like it could have looked better. That's where I'm going with this. It could have. Yes. I'm, I think it looked great. Uh, amazing, even I think is the word I used. But just imagine how it would have looked and performed. And maybe there were things they had to cut out because we don't know. The problem is we don't know what we're losing by people continuing to use old consoles and that continuing sucks. to develop for them. And right. that fucking sucks. The game might still be great. We might still love yeah. it, 
but is it what it could be? Yeah. I just wish that, you know, this isn't a problem on PC because if you can't fucking play it, you can't fucking play it. But because everything's so goddamn standardized, it's like, well, we know this amount of people have this amount of hardware, so right. we can sell to this amount of people on this amount of hardware. And you have actual stats on PC. It's like, you know, this is the minimum. And if you can make it great, right? <laughs> you know, so it's really interesting because PC games have had sliders and stuff for years, literal decades. Make it happen on console, man. Uh, Yes and no. But so here's what I'm getting at, though, is on PC, if you have above the, the required hardware, mm-hmm. it's going to look and perform pretty great. Yeah. If you have under that, you might still be able to play it as long as you're above the minimum. But, you know, you know, going into it, you're not going to get the best experience. Right. With a console, I feel like we don't know anymore what they're developing for versus what it actually is going to do. Right. Like so if they didn't have to build that into the game. Well, and that's what I'm saying, though. So we can get games get released completely broken like Cyberpunk. I hate to keep even saying the name. Yeah, it's fine. But that's okay. But me having a bad experience because I decided to turn the shadows the entire way up is is worse somehow. Right. You know, you don't give me the option to do that. But games do still release broken, and that's okay. Right. But you won't just allow me to turn off my shaders and have five more frames a second for some reason. Right. I don't know. It's the quality thing, and I know there's a little bit more tink, a lot more tinkering you yeah. do on PC, obviously. But as we get closer and closer to console and PC, I feel like we really need to change the way we think about this sort of thing, and yeah, just make it more like PC. Make it more, like, Brandon. Make it more like PC. Make it more like PC. That's the new motto of our show. Make yeah. it more like PC. Amen. I do, I do have one thing I want to yeah, add to this because I don't think it should get lost, but delays suck, but I do want to appreciate <clears throat> the transparency from the publishers in this case. Um, you know, 2K, often, oftentimes when we see these delay notices and we've seen a lot um, over the past couple of years, it's just like we're not happy where the game is. So I like that they've come out and actually said specifically where they're struggling. Um, cause I think that's sort of a nice point of transparency for people. So yeah, absolutely. Let's, yeah. Let's throw that in there. And maybe that even helps add to the public consciousness that I'm going to get left behind soon. If I don't upgrade. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yep. If you're an athlete, you know, the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same Jersey as you to be your best. Every time you step on the field, that's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, the next article, as soon as I can get my phone open here. Activision Blizzard earned more on mobile games last quarter than PC and consoles combined. That's some crazy shit. This comes from PC Gamer says more than half the company's revenues in this most recent quarter came from mobile. Uh, quote, we don't often report on strictly business-related mag- matters here at PC Gamer, but an interesting little tidbit stashed away in Activision's 
recent Q2 22 financial report, over the three months ending June 30th, more than half of the company's total revenues came from mobile games, more than PC and console games combined. Activision Blizzard earned $332 million on the PC during the quarter and $376 million on combined console sales. Under the mobile and ancillary category, Activision Blizzard says primarily includes revenues from mobile devices, the company pulled in a whopping $831 million for the quarter. From 37 to 800? So PCs 330, 332. Uh, mo- consoles are 376. So what is that? That's about 700? Yeah. Yeah. It's about 700 million. And mobile devices, 831 million. Jesus Christ. We got to assume, does it break down? We got to assume a lot of that's Diablo, right? I think it so. It has to be. I think so, but it has to be. No, although they, specifically. they have King, don't they? Yes. So it's worth noting that the bulk of Activision Blizzard's mobile revenues came from King. Okay. The mobile social game publisher Activision acquired in 2016. King reported total revenues of $684 million in the quarter, Jesus. more than 82% of the $831 million. Someone's grandma's spending way too much money. <laughs> Andy Crush is <laughs> insane, man. Shit, Someone man. check on Fran. Yeah, for real. That's crazy, dude. And that's also... Talking about PC, talking about consoles, I'm not saying phones are great, but this is sending a bad message to these developers. If you want your games... <laughs> If you want them to focus on things that are on console, like full-fledged games, and Diablo Immortal is fine. Candy Crush is fine. I don't think they shouldn't be available. Right. But what are the investors, what are the developers going to do when they see these numbers? You know what I mean? Well, they do what they're supposed to do when they make their company money. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying concerns me is that like mobile is great, but... I don't know, man. And we're talking about Activision, who owns Call of Duty. I know. And Call of Duty is an insane powerhouse. Yeah. I mean, granted, there was no release during that time, and I don't even know that there was a season change during that quarter. There would have been a season change. That's what I was going to point out, is we're we're at a really soft time for the console and, and sort of PC space, and we kind of had a bit of an outlier with with Diablo and you know how much money it purportedly brought in. Um, I'm not saying this isn't indicative of a trend, but I also think it's important to point out that this was sort of a softer time for, you know, the console and PC space and, and inordinately crazy time for mobile, at least, you know, in that one respect. Here's the most wild part of this. And we've already touched on it. King reported that total revenues of six hundred and eighty-four million dollars in the quarter, in a qu- three, three months, two percent was driven by the remarkably persistent popularity of Candy Crush. Jesus, Christ. three months spent in three months, three months, six hundred and eighty-four million dollars in revenue from a game that's been out for a decade, or and not just a game that's been out for a decade, Candy Crush, and you know what Candy Crush is, and don't get me wrong. I have Candy Crush on my phone because about three times a year, I'm feeling really bored and I just pop it open and play for like five minutes. I've never spent a dollar on it, but there's something satisfying about it. Yeah. But I don't understand how that game 
made 684. If they keep up that revenue, that's several billion dollars a year on a game where you match gems or really not gems. That's bejeweled uh, where you ma- match candy. So how much was that in three months again? 684 million just on they said just on Candy Crush. That's and the total was over 800. So the, yeah. the vast majority of those earnings is just Candy Crush. Right. The vast. Yeah. Oh. And you have to assume the rest of it is like they've got some other mobile games, but especially Diablo Immortal that came out during that period or was was out during that period. I don't know when it came out specifically. I can't remember. But man. That's insane. I don't think people remember when they talk about the powerhouse that Activision is. A lot of people, myself included, don't often remember that they have King, which yeah, is just you insane. you forget about that because you think about Call of Duty. Right. But I mean the numbers. And you think about Call of Duty, you think about Overwatch, you think about um what's the other game? Hearthstone. You think, you know, you think about the games that we know about, that we talk about, we play. You don't think about how many millions of moms and grandmas and Dude, that's like a 34-year-old sm- uh, worthless men who <laughs> <laughs> who sometimes play Candy Crush. I've never spent a dollar on it, like I said, but still, I I do play it, like, you know, a grand total of 30 minutes a year. Dude, that, that fucking, that that three-month revenue is like some country's entire defense budgets. <laughs> no, like, that's some country's entire budgets. Yeah. Period. It's crazy, yeah. bro. I, that's actually nuts. It's wild. Especially, and I want to point out again what you said, Ben in relation to like beside call of duty right like clearly we have no understanding because we think the games like call of duty and Warzone are big right the understanding we can't even fathom the amount of people that are n- not just playing candy crush yeah spending loads of money on candy crush okay i gotta do look you, here do you do any mobile gaming uh brandon uh no i literally always fall off um the content tends to usually be repetitive and highly microtransactioned. Yeah. Um, but when I do find something, I find the peripherals to be a hindrance to me. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. I'm the same. I, I like, I'll have, I remember trying to get into like the fallout game and um, I've even tried Hearthstone a couple times and yeah, I'm the same to you. It's just, we're so used to a very certain kind of experience that is very, you know, the presentation of sitting in front of a big screen TV or a nice monitor and, you know, right. having that whole screen dedicated, it's just so difficult. So yeah. yeah. I'm with and you. I, I'm totally and like, you. even you could put the controller, it's just not the same. I don't yeah. know. It's not the same. Yeah. You can do the controller now, but like you said, it's not the same. And I have gone through periods in my life where I've played some more mobile games, like uh, what was it? Clash of Clans and Clash Royale. I played both of those games pretty hardcore for like, a couple months but then i fell off i just got bored i've got other things if i'm looking at my phone i've got other things to do probably uh like look on twitter which is way more productive <laughs> anything yeah and i've pl- you know i'll download mobile games occasionally but i almost never actually play them yeah i'll download them because i'm like that looks fun but i've become so and definitely back in the days when i just had a cell phone and smartphones weren't like the iPhone hadn't even been invented, but the iPod touch was out. Right. I definitely played a lot of mobile games then. Oh, absolutely. But it, I, I was, was never, I mean, this is just a personality thing. I was never somebody who dumped money into a game on my oh, phone. Yeah, me neither. I would buy a game outright, maybe. Well, also like the whole economy of games changed. Yes, I mean, absolutely. I mean, back in the day, you could look at the top couple app store and it's like, what is an app purchase? Right. You know, like like way back. I mean, I'm, I'm talking like touch days, what yeah. you're talking about, like before 
before iPhones were even as big as they are now. Um, it's different, man. Literally, you would be hard pressed to find, and they've literally created entire services. Yes. To try and weed out some of these micro, like made pay services so you can weed out the microtransaction bullshit. I mean, it's that's called, one it's of, called Apple Arcade. Apple you know, Arcade, like, one of their biggest selling points is no ads, no in-app purchases. Here's just the game with that, your subscription. And that's part of the reason it's also different for me too. Yeah. It's like, you know, when I was playing, you know, Fruit Ninja and Flappy Bird and... You just imagine if Flappy Bird stuck around and King of Gotham? No, dude. <laughs> yeah. And fucking Jetpack Joyride. Like, I, oh, I remember shit. all that. Yeah. But shit was just different then. And even if you download Fruit Ninja or Jetpack Joyride... I would not encourage you to do it because you will be greeted with microtransaction hell. They've changed well, big time. Those games, I don't know about those games specifically, but I remember there are games like, for instance, Plants vs. Zombies. Oh, absolutely. Plants vs. So Zombies, good. you bought the game and you played it. That's it. You had it. And now I don't even think you can buy a non-ad supported or microtransaction supported version of Plants vs. Zombies. Yeah. It's such a shame. You have you have to get the free one, and you have to. I think you can pay in the app to, to remove them, maybe. But sounds it's, right. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, and I don't even care about mobile gaming that much. I mean, mobile gaming is different now entirely. I don't just mean on the like apps. I mean, like now when you talk about mobile gaming, you could be talking about uh, Fortnite, Apex. Well, Call you could of be talking about any of those games. You could be talking about uh, Game Pass Cloud, or I'm sorry, yeah. Xbox Cloud. Yeah. You could be talking about even something like the Steam Deck or something that, you know, so mobile right. gaming does have a little bit of different meaning, but when I'm talking about cell phone games, iPad games. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. I guess that's what I, yeah. When I say mobile, I guess I mostly mean like cell phone games. Yeah. What are we going to, what's it going to sound like when people hear, I doubt they'll hear this podcast in 10 years, but like when they hear people in our age talking about that, like it's going to sound like us talking about, uh, you know, in like 2000 where we were talking about, Oh, back, back on the, on the NES, it was way different. It was way better. You didn't have all the all the gore and the blood. I had to use three floppy disks to install this. Yeah. Well, speaking of Activision Blizzard King, all that good stuff, we got some Call of Duty updates. And Dave is going to lead the way because I did not catch this bit of news. Uh, yeah, no, nothing major. Um, Activision announced that uh, the the official Call of Duty multiplayer slash maybe more important Warzone 2 reveal was going to be happening at an event in September. Uh, I don't know the exact day. I think it was like 15th or 17th or something like that. Um, so yeah, we're finally going to see some more Call of Duty. Uh, when they showed off the um, campaign stuff at like Summer Games Fest, I remember talking to you guys about like, why do they lead with the campaign stuff? Nobody cares about that. Where's the multiplayer? Well, now I have my my, my, my question answered because we're getting an exclusive multiplayer event in September. Um, the other thing we got was a first look at, I think it's the first multiplayer map that they've shown off, which is kind of a weird one, in my opinion, um, for a couple of reasons. Um, I think the biggest one for me is that it's it, it, before I get into that, Brandon, you're the Call of Duty guy. Uh, I think you saw some of this. What are your thoughts on the new map that is called Marina Bay? Uh, I think it looks pretty standard. I'm a little confused by the whole F1 take. Uh, they said they've worked very hard with uh, CDL players to try and get a feel for how the maps work and stuff. And I wonder how much of that is true. I would hope they would talk to the community because I know a couple of the the big guys like Scump and CDL. I feel like he does have his uh, 
does have his hand on the on the vein of the pulse of the Call of Duty vein. Uh, Call of Duty community um, and has some good insight there. But I don't know. I wasn't blown away by the map. If I'm going to be honest, I feel like it looked visually unspectacular. Not bad. It just looked fine. Um, I'm really waiting for one day for me to like have a wow moment with Call of Duty, and I haven't seen that yet. Not for at least that one. Um, I'm excited to hear more about Warzone 2. I feel like that's going to be interesting. I swear I heard talk of it only being next gen, but I feel like that can't be possible. That's yeah, a, yeah, I, that'd be a big one. I'm not saying it shouldn't be. I'm saying I'd be surprised. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think it's cool. And I've also seen some NFL players have leaked some stuff. I think they did confirm. Uh, literally, they put on their Instagram story a photo of the screen and DMZ was on that. To, so that like escape from Tarkov like mode potentially confirmed via a leaked image by an right, NFL right. player. So that's kind of interesting. Um, I, I need this to be good, Dave. I really just genuinely needed to be good. I want to, I want to be pleased with the Call of Duty again. But um, I'm gonna wait to see more. Yeah. I will say what I did see there, like I said, did not did not blow my socks off. Um, I, I'll double down on the F1s a little bit weird running around shooting people in a racetrack, but it felt more more in place when I was going around as Hitman assassinating right. an f1 driver than me running around an f1 track shooting people with Call of Duty guns. Yeah. Yeah. And, so. and, and that that's the weird part and and i just just to touch on that i i agree i think expectations are sky high for this call of duty um i i think the masses felt that cold war and vanguard were off titles for them um so yeah i think there's a lot of people who like you um, you know, are hoping for big things from this one. And I, you know, I'm not a huge Call of Duty guy. I've been a day one guy the last two years, and I probably will be a day one guy for Modern Warfare 2. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for big things too. But the weird thing about this this map is it, it it almost appears as if there's there was some sort of like partnership or like collaboration between F1 and and Call of Duty because like, this track, Marina Bay, is a real F1 track that the Singapore Grand Prix is run at every year. Um, there are actual F1 cars in the map, though they're not like actual team cars. They just resemble, you know, what F1 cars will look like today. It would be a bit like, you know, a Call of Duty um, game having like a, a, a map inside a sports a football stadium, and it was called Lambo. And all of the seats were green and what and yellow and like, but it wasn't an NFL right. stadium and it right. wasn't the Green Bay Packers and it's right. just like why did why like this the the track layout like people have looked at it and it's the actual same track layout from Marina Bay so it's it's it, is, it just it seems like it would have been fictionalized a little bit more because I'm quite certain F1 doesn't want to associate themselves with a bunch of people at their track running around shooting each other. So it's just, it's a little bit too close for comfort to me. And it, it's, it's just weird. Yeah. I don't know if we've seen anything like this before, but um, yeah, no, yeah, we've, we've certainly had like, like Piccadilly is obviously, yeah, yeah. you know, th that and stuff. And we've obviously had landmark maps, you know what I mean? But to have this, I agree with Dave is a little bit weird. Um, and I also find it interesting that of all the maps for some reason, this one 
they showed off. You mean? Yeah. Probably because yeah. we're talking about it right now. Yeah, but not not in the way they're hoping. I don't that's think. true. You yeah, know, so point. you know that's what I don't know. I don't want to be worried, but I'm going to be like hyper critical of everything up until this point, and I'm going to try and read into everything because that's all I can do. Yeah. Um, did you say it was in September, Dave? Even uh, September, I don't remember the exact date, but okay. I think it's sometime around um, the 15th or 17th or something. Gotcha. But the other cool thing about this map uh, that I will say is there are in in the video, anyways. They they are you can actually see cars driving around while you're playing. Hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of cool and wild and unrealistic. But can you um, can you do a takedown and stab a person <laughs> into a car that's zooming by? I hope I, so. Now, now we're talking about that, man. Um, <laughs> just quickly, because, you know, Warzone 2 is part of this announcement, and Ben, you played quite a bit of Warzone uh, back in the day. Is there anything off the top of your head that you're hoping for specifically from from Warzone 2 uh, when it gets revealed in September? Uh, I would love you haven't them. You haven't played in a while. You've, you've dropped off a bit, correct? Yeah, so I haven't played hardcore for about a year and a half, Yeah, and I haven't played at all in probably six months. I... I was playing with it every now and then, but I just, frankly, when, when I quit playing hardcore was when we were, there was all the issues with a billion hackers and they were doing nothing to stop them. Yeah, dude, that was, that was pre ricochet. Well, I don't even know what that means. That's their in quotes, anti-cheat. Oh yeah. 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 I haven't played since they put in their anti-cheat. However long ago that's been. It's been a while. Yeah. So if that tells you anything, and frankly, I would love for them to come out of the gate and you know, show off Warzone, talk about all the cool stuff, whatever you want to do. But I would love for them to do two things. The first one is for the for the game itself. I want them to talk about how they're going to change things. You know, I love that the fact that there's like the subtle storylines within Warzone, even though that's not what the game's about. They're bad. They're they're not good. <laughs> they're, really, yeah. they're really bad. So yeah. But I would love for them to talk about that, to talk about their plans, to develop maps and come out with new maps, whatever. But the second thing is I want them to come out of the gate strong when they announce it and say, here's what we're going to do about hackers and cheaters. And here's what we're going to do if we catch you. I don't think they'll do that because that will deter sales, unfortunately. But that is the biggest thing for me that turned me off to playing Call of Duty in general was that I was just every match. And I'm not, look, I've been playing Call of Duty for uh, since like, the first one, whatever that was. That's it's a while. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't play every one or anything, but I've been playing a long time. I know the difference between somebody who's really good at the game and somebody who's hacking. And it was every single match. There was a hacker in my lobby who was just right. killing everyone. Yeah, I got pretty bad there. I got so turned off and I just quit playing because, I mean, I was also getting discouraged and it was a stream. I was streaming it and it was just like, well, I don't want to constantly be raging at people hacking yeah. every time I play. So that's really what I want. I want them to come out strong against against exploiting and i want them to you know talk because i think the first warzone in warzone originally we had verdansk for forever yeah forever which it was fun and they they did some changes to the map and stuff but like i wouldn't mind them doing that more and more often yeah although what i will say about that though ben is you missed caldera and you didn't miss a whole bunch. I didn't miss it. I, I think that yeah. map is ass. <laughs> yeah. It's always been ass. I watched a lot of Caldera. Yeah, it's ass. Yeah. Did they did they go back to Verdansk? No. Okay. No, no. They um they changed Caldera yeah. uh, a little bit and they also brought back um Rebirth because yeah. people so desperately want the old map. Yeah. Um 
that they had to change the current map instead of give back the old one. I so. did not really care for Rebirth that much. Yeah. So you can only play Rebirth and Caldera right now? Uh, to my knowledge, I don't think... I've been a little bit out of the Warzone scene a little bit as well because I've right. been disenfranchised. But to my knowledge, I don't think Verdansk has fully come back gotcha. ever since since it's been gone. I could yeah. be completely wrong. Edwin, let me know in the Discord. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, I'm just playing. But um, yeah, I always hear people complain that they want it back. So I'm assuming it hasn't been. But right. I got two more things. The first, I meant to do this at the top of the show and... We got so busy talking about gingers that it slipped my mind. I don't even know if he listens, but my buddy Sean Mason uh, got in a, an accident, uh, was hit by a drunk driver uh, while he was running and was in pretty rough shape. He seems to be doing well, and uh, hopefully he's, you know, he, he's going to make a full recovery. He's like one of the nicest dudes and also one of the strongest, most determined guys I've ever met. Um, so I have full faith he'll recover, but maybe, maybe just a PSA. Don't, don't drink and drive. It's not cool. Yep. Yeah, definitely not. Um, but I think I know, I know he has listened to the show in the past. I don't know if he does, but it's not about that. So if you know, Sean, or you know, who he is, you know, give him a, give him a, a send him a message, you know, send him some love. Uh, and the second thing is, I want to know what Dave's been playing since he's been, since he's moved twice in the last three weeks. <laughs> Did, you led with me cause you knew I was going to be quick. Didn't you? Um, I usually leave. Have you been creeping, creeping my my playlist again? You you did that no, last week. No, I did not. No. Okay. Okay. I, well. So, in fa- just so you know, the only reason I creeped your playlist a couple weeks ago, I can't remember what it was, but there was a game that I was going to play that you played, and I can't remember what it was, but I was looking to see how far you made it to determine if I wanted to spend time to because I knew if you had played a lot of it, it was probably pretty good. What game? I, I I just said twice, Dave. I don't oh, remember. What remember. It was. Okay. Well, it, it doesn't matter because I don't believe you. But um, <laughs> you're right. I have not played much this week. Uh, I just, but I do. You've I, been busy. I do have something to note. Uh, just sort of a follow up piece, and and you know we'll, we'll bring back the old segment. You were right, Ben, uh, oh. because I took your suggestion um, of switching in Cuphead the right trigger to your dash and man what a difference that makes yeah um yeah i I didn't play much i just played a little bit i'm still stuck on uh that second last boss but there's this one part of that fight it's 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 basically a gauntlet and one of the bosses within that boss like i just had such a hard time with and i realized the latency that i was giving myself by taking my finger off the face button and moving it to another face button when I had my index finger free the entire time. And I was running through that boss. No problem. After I moved, um, dash to right trigger. So yeah, excellent suggestion made a huge difference like immediately. So, um, so yeah, there you go. If, if Ben gives you a suggestion, if he tells you something to do, he's not going to lead you wrong. So listen, well, about Cuphead, at least I can't verify everything else. <laughs> now, Dave, so you're on. You're currently on um, King Dice, then. Yes, King Dice. Have you made it to the final fight in King King Dice, or have you just been working on the gauntlet still? No, I've made it to the final fight once or twice. I'm, I'm getting better. Like I'm consistently now getting to like the third set of bosses. Um, so I'll get there soon, but I honestly didn't spend much time on it this week. So all right. Well, um, I've got a tip. When you get desperate. Because I think King Dice is the hardest boss in the game. Okay. When you get desperate, let me know, and I've got a tip for you there too. But I think, I think that game is best 
played through discovery rather okay. than somebody just teaching you how to play it. So, okay. That's fair. I guess, there, since I don't have much here, I will kind of um, throw this out there. Uh, earlier this year, I played through the entire Darksider series and uh, Brandon, you've played through Uncharted and now you're playing through God of War. Yeah. Um, the next series that I'm really thinking long and hard about playing through, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show yet, um, is the Devil May Cry series. Oh, I, yes. oh yes. I've never played that. I, I think I might have played like an hour of one of the games, but um, I really like to pick up the collection and start from the beginning and play all the way through to, I think we're on five now. Yeah, dude. Um, DMC five looks so good too. Yeah, so many people yeah. have told me to play it. Yeah. Unfortunately, the collection is not available on the Nintendo Switch, so I'll have oh. to play it on my <laughs> shitty PlayStation 5. What a shame. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to starting that and fitting that in. And if, if you've played Devil May Cry in the Discord, um, feel free to gush about it or tell me how terrible it is or whatever you like. I definitely know a couple of people have because, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I played the first couple Devil May Cry games and I haven't played any since. It's funny because I own Devil May Cry 5. I think I own it digitally have it on game pass and own it physically. Cause I got it for $4 at Walmart on clearance and I've still not played it. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's so, the way it goes. I would, um, I think it's on game pass. At least I could be wrong about that. I think it was at one point, uh, but I would send you to, to borrow my, um, my physical copy, but uh, you know, <laughs> damn, I got nowhere yeah. to put it. You got, well, you got nowhere to put that. Except, disc. except you, a place you don't want to know. Yeah. Hey, Bando. Well, I think I mentioned last week I finished Ascension. You did. I started God of War 3. I'm almost done with God of War 3. Um, I'm about to beat Zeus's ass. Nice. Um, it's been really good. Uh, I will double down on Ascension being the absolute weakest of the four by far. Mm-hmm. Um, three, one and two are very good. I don't want to take anything away from them. But three is amazing. Yeah. through and through i've enjoyed the game the end it could have wrapped up a tiny bit sooner i guess that's one of my only criticisms with the game mm-hmm. um some of the puzzles towards the end are like yeah i've been doing puzzles the whole goddamn game right can i just fight something and be done um but man oh man just truly and incredibly one of the best franchises ever just easily easily um and i cannot wait uh for ragnarok so nice um i'm almost done with stray I'm really excited about that. So I was actually hoping yesterday to finish uh, God of War 3 and Stray because I thought it was going to be like a couple hours combined. It ended up being much longer than that on God of War 3. Yeah. Um, But looking forward to knocking a couple games off my list. Um, Continuing to play Multiverse, which is really fun. They've officially announced Rick and Morty, which didn't come as a surprise because we had the stage. Um, They announced what kind of characters they're going to be. So that's kind of cool. Uh, and the prices. So really looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, still playing a, a little bit of Fortnite here and there. So nice. I need that shooter in my life at some point somewhere. And yeah. I said last week, I just need something like Call of Duty again, and it's not there. So I'm just holding out, but that's really all I've been playing. I don't know what I'm going to switch to after. I feel like I'm in such a lull. I feel like I'm probably, I have that upgraded premium PlayStation Plus. Yeah. So I'll probably just derp around. I've I've downloaded like, Tetris Effect, I downloaded Saints Row Re-Election, which is a really old one, just to fuck around and beat people up with dildos or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, Who doesn't want to do that? Chess Ultra, mm. just to see what it was like. Um, is it Ultra? Yeah. Wow. 
I actually, you know what? Did I talk about I started the um the the Artful Escape? Uh I think you told me that, but you haven't mentioned it on the show. Okay. Yeah, I started that. We we actually stopped at the Annapurna booth. Was that two or three years ago now? Uh-huh. And I played it then. I thought it was really cool then. Um, but because I have the premium, I could download it. And there's actually even a PS5 version. Um it did not start off how I thought it was going to start off. I thought I knew what this game was exactly, and it started kind of differently. Um, Annapurna has an eye yeah, for the art, so I, I, I just always am visually pleased by their games. But yeah, just going to be derping around once I finish finish these couple things, and who knows? Maybe I'll start another series like Dave. Yeah. It, it's always really fun. It's a be good like, time to do that right now. Yeah, to like be driven by one specific thing. Um Thinking back on Uncharted, Dave, I like cherish that so much. I'm so glad that I finally did that because it's up there. I mean, honestly, I, God of War is like probably one of the the number ones for me. But Uncharted is surprisingly just like for me, surprisingly, not for anybody else. But yeah, amazing. So, Well, I've got a few games as well. I have also been playing a little bit more of Multiversus, although not as much as I was playing before. But just popping in a couple times here and there. I'm playing solo because uh, I'm playing at like 4 a.m. and I'm just getting my ass beat. Yeah. But it's still fun. I like yeah. it. No, no, it's, it's 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 great. It's good. It has a lot of potential. Yeah. So I don't have much more to add to what we've been talking about in the, in the past. I talking about series here. I picked up on game seven or eight or something or 10 or I don't know of a series. I started playing Yakuza like a dragon. Okay. Mm. Interesting. And like I said, I like turn-based games and everybody's always told me that I would like the Yakuza games. And I've only got, I want to say less than five hours into like a dragon. And I really like the world. I, I did play a little bit of Yakuza zero back a long time ago a while back but this is obviously a much different type of game and, and style of game and i will say that there's a bit much uh a bit too much in the beginning of it of fetch quest but i know that it's not going to stay like that all time so i can put up with it for now there is an insanely loud vehicle outside like there's no muffler on whatever vehicle just God, it's, a, it's a dude on a bike Ooh. we all know you ride a bike is you great. Think that was a bike oh absolutely okay i I got these noise canceling yeah, headphones absolutely. on. I couldn't. Uh, so anyway, I've been playing Yakuza Like a Dragon and really enjoying it. I've got two more games. One, What Remains of Edith Finch. Dude, I'm surprised you're playing that. I don't know why, but I am. Well, because I don't really care for visual novels very much. Walking Sims are boring as fuck. <laughs> yes, you can just like that. That's very true. There was um, a concerted effort for many years by Dustin for everyone he knew to talk about this game and you know i just kind of ignored it and then finally i was thinking about playing it and then like that annapurna showcase came up and they were like you know all these new updates and everything and i was like hell yeah i have it on ps plus collection i'm gonna play it it's also on game pass i'm pretty sure i'm actually positive it's on game pass but i downloaded it on the on the playstation collection and sure enough Daddy Jim decided that I should not be eligible to get the PS5 upgrade or the Platinum Trophy. But anyway, I still played it because I wasn't going to pay money for the game. I already had access to it. It's pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, it probably takes between two and three hours. Well, it took me about three hours to 100% it. That's nice sometimes. There's only like 11, 10 or or 11 trophies. I'll tell you what. I was enamored with this game. Oh, yeah? I absolutely loved it. And again, it's not my style of game, 
maybe it is my style of game now. I don't know. Yeah. But just the storytelling in it is great. The couple little puzzles you have to do are pretty awesome. The actual um, the actual story is very touching at parts. I thought it was really cool. And overall, I just I want games that are great in quality, even if they're not my style. I want games that are great quality that are like under 10 hours. Dude, Stray. Stray was great. Dude, I loved it for that reason. Annapurna has a lot of games Annapurna, like this. I know. They really do. I've played many, many Annapurna yeah. games. Yeah. Maybe that'll be my next kick. Maybe I'll just hit up some Annapurna. Yeah. You can just play through the catalog. Yeah. So anyway, What Remains of Edith Finch, I finally got to play it five years or whatever after it came out. And my wife is not a big gamer. She does not really care for playing games that much and or even watching them. But I told her, I was like, I don't care if you play it or you watch me play it, but I think she would actually enjoy it because I just felt like it was a, it was so good. Yeah. Have you played it, Brandon? No. Have no, you no. played it, Dave? No, I need. No, I, no. I have okay. it on PS Plus. Yeah. You just mentioned I can't get the the upgraded version, but I I'm interested. I'll tell you what. I played the first. Uh, I was playing through it for like an hour before I was like, wait, I don't think this is the updated version. Hmm. And granted, if I had seen them side by side, I could have told you immediately. Sure. But it's not like you're. It's not like a fast moving game. You're not. The 60 FPS is right. only marginally. I'm sure it would have looked amazing with the update, but. It didn't bother me to not have it. I right. I'll say. It's also free. I already have it, you know. Yeah, just, I mean, it's three hours of your life. Oh, absolutely. It. At most, three hours. Yeah. The last game, Brandon, you forgot to mention this. Dude, Minecraft. Minecraft. I was actually, whenever I stopped talking, I, yeah, go ahead. So, a little story. I, I started playing Minecraft in, when did, when did it come out? 2009, 2010? I don't know. Anyway, it was an alpha. I bought it for like $7 or whatever it was at the time and was obsessed with it for like two years. And spent many, many hours in it. And then I backed away, started playing with my cousin a little bit. Things had gotten too different for me, whatever. Last year, or two years ago, maybe now, Brandon, you and I, with some other friends, were playing some Minecraft, having some fun. And the other night, I was just like, I want to play Minecraft. Let's jump into Minecraft. So the two of us and my buddy Justin hopped in and we're playing like, I don't know, a metric shit ton of Minecraft. Yeah. Uh, we've been playing the last three nights, I think. Yeah. Two or three nights. Really fun. And it's just... I love Minecraft. I love the the fact that like it, it fulfills a few things for me. One, it fills a creative side. Uh, you know, you could do almost anything you want in the game. Yeah. Two, it fulfills like the exploration side because you never know what you're gonna find around the next corner. And then three, it fills the OCD side because I can just stand there and click the left mouse button and mine for days. Like mine is my <laughs> right? job. I also really like making mine carts and figuring out all the physics and stuff. I guess they don't actually have physics, but all the mechanics behind them and how they work. So I am on a Minecraft kick real hot and heavy right now. I installed um, it's it's a mod that allows you to have like some upgraded visuals, but it's still like the most minor visual upgrade you can do. But I did it mostly because of the lighting upgrades that it came with. And it just looks so beautiful. And uh, yeah, just. I'm just constantly thinking, and this is the problem. I told Justin a while back, he was talking about Minecraft. I'm like, dude, just trust me. If if I start playing Minecraft, a couple of weeks, it's going to be over for everything else. Yeah. And dude, it, <laughs> sure enough, I haven't played anything since I started playing Minecraft. It's just so engrossing. And I, I worried as time went on that Minecraft would evolve into a way that would lessen it. No. And that's actually, fortunately, has not been the case. All the changes they've made, and they've made 
many. Yes. Many. And I'll tell you, I remember my mother was concerned why I would be buying a game that wasn't released yet because yeah. I was too young to and why I'd be, I swear to God, she had to convert it into pounds. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. I bought it, I'm not, a, she's like, why would you want to pay for something that's not done? And I'm like, mom, I just want to play this with my right. friends, please. And, and and that's why I remember it. But, and of course it's changed so much since then, but it's not lessened in quality. Everything they've made right. has seemed like it fit perfectly. Now I will say some of the, you know, the, the stuff that all the big YouTubers do and like the fact that you can put a mod on it that turns it into like a custom server mod that turns it into like a, uh, First person, uh, first shooter, person shooter or something. Like, I don't want any of that shit. Yeah. I just want to build in mine. Right. Amen. You know, I love that. So yeah. it's, very it's a very chill. zen, yeah. chill game. Unless you're running away from a creeper, of course, that's going to blow up the entire structure you just built. Um. Anyway, I love Minecraft. Yeah. I always probably will love Minecraft, even if I'm not always playing it. So, Dude, I would love to, if anyone in the Discord's ever trying to pop in, it'd be kind of fun to fuck around for a little bit. Yeah. So, Dave, do you ever play Minecraft? I played it briefly on my PlayStation Vita. So oh, quite a while ago. Yeah. Quite wow. A while ago. Okay. Okay. My buddy Justin said this the other night, and I hadn't thought about it, but it's true. Minecraft might be the most cross for cross platform game ever to exist. I I think it actually is. You yeah. can play it, and you can play cross you can play cross play on almost every device that's ever been invented. Literally, <laughs> like well, since it came out, every device that's ever been except invented. for Doom, you could play that on like a fucking birth control stick. But it's on. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah, I did. I've too. seen it, but that's not crossplay. I know it's on a platform. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, close enough. Kind of. <laughs> Boys, I think that's all we got. That's all we got. That's for it. That's it. Uh, before I forget, and before we leave, a reminder to uh, go check out the Discord, handsomephantom.com/discord. We'd appreciate having you over there. We talk a lot um, on the show about it, and we'd love to have some more people in there just to uh, engage in our bullshit about stuff with. Yeah, and it was then, pretty. It was pretty awful this week. The uh, the content needs to to improve over on Discord. It was it was bad. It was mostly well, we my did, fault, but yeah. it was bad. Well, we did get updates of your puzzle that you yeah. finished. So that week. was good. That was really good. I'm glad we're straying away from the feed now. So <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing is uh, pa- Patreon. That's the other thing. If you like the show, you want to support us. Dollar a month, ad free early access, less than twenty five cents an episode. Some months, come on. Uh, hook us up we'd appreciate it It helps pay the bills if you want you can sign up for a higher tier and get early access to hp after dark which is our monthly or semi-monthly off topic show where we talk about literally anything we want and it's usually foul so if you enjoy that kind of stuff it's not usually foul i shouldn't say that but it definitely is sometimes foul and that's it that's all we got dave nice nice seeing you brandon you too what's up yep nice see you you. yeah nice see you uh, I hear the dog barking downstairs. So Yeah, she's mad. She's mad. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Bye. The HP Podcast is made possible by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. The following patrons are at the $5 or above level, and we appreciate their support. Wormhat, Toby Ryland, Charles Peterson, Edward Walton, Josh Cummings, Jared, Poot, Boots, Passive Pixels Edwin Castillo, Maurice Bays, Htrons, Brian, Nuke Dukem, and Eric O.